it's chilly outside. <clears throat> it's been a nice day. At least it started nice this morning. I'm recording this on Ash Wednesday. And uh, I was up early after a good night's sleep. I think this was the first time in two weeks that I actually slept around eight hours. For some reason, I've uh, had trouble sleeping consistently over the past uh, two weeks. And I know this because my Apple Watch is monitoring every movement, every time I wake up. It sees when I am in deep sleep and in uh, regular or core sleep and even REM sleep. This is the time that you dream. And it's been really interesting across the road here. Um, it's been really interesting to see, to get these very, very specific um, stats about breathing, heart rate, etc. Um, there is so much information um, that you can uh, get at a glance every morning. And so I knew that, uh, uh, that I wasn't sleeping that well. And I've been trying to take steps to improve that situation. And of course, it's not rocket science sleep. It always has to do with making sure that you go to bed in time. <laughs> Duh. And also <clears throat> to not eat very late because then um, you, may, may walk, you may wake up uh, during the night or uh, you'll have a more uh, restless kind of sleep. I saw a tip, by the way, which uh, I still need to try out. And that is uh, <clears throat> to, to avoid any carbs in the last few hours before you go to sleep. Um, carbs, for instance, you know, snacks or something like that. Or, uh, or beer or anything that, uh, that will cause your body to, to make sugar. Um, and instead, to replace that, if you are still hungry or you have a little... How do you say that in English? I know how to say it in French. Like, j'ai un petit cru. <laughs> Which means I have a little hole inside. I love those French uh, <coughs> expressions. So when you, when you have a little hole in your, in your uh, stomach, or maybe it's a, it's a mental hole, you just want to grab a bite or something... Um, in, instead of taking something with carbs to eat a protein bar. <clears throat> so to use something that will um, take more time to digest, because that's, uh, that's the case with protein. <clears throat> so you are full for the entire duration of the night. Sometimes people will actually uh, think that by eating snacks before they go to bed... That will fill them up. But the thing is, <laughs> your body will start making sugars and get active. And then halfway through the night, you'll get hungry again. So um, I thought it was smart. I didn't do that last night, but I did, went, I did go to bed in time. And I didn't do anything exciting, you know, like oh, watching <laughs> um, an action movie or, or sitting or playing a difficult video game, um, staring at screens. I did um, what uh, a lot of the sleep experts recommend I do, and that is to um, stop watching screens about an hour before you go to bed. Uh, th th there's another cool thing about the iOS ecosystem um, and the watch and... Uh, and, and the iPhone work together in this um, about 45 minutes before it's time to really go to bed um, it plays a little sleepy tune <laughs> like something that sounds like what, uh, what you would play for babies you know oftentimes you see um, small children in bed and they have this plastic thing hanging above them and you can you can uh, pull a cord and it will do the ding 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 <laughs> it's like a a little melody that uh, many of us associate with with sleep and so apple has its own version and uh, and it, i love how realistic it is Be, um, not realistic sound wise but it 
knows that it takes time to get into that, to get ready for bed. And then even in um, the projected sleep, it won't assume that if you go to bed, you will immediately close your eyes. So when you're setting up the watch and uh, the health app, it will calculate about half an hour where you're in bed, but you're not sleeping. And so, uh, so not only does it warn you about 45 minutes before, like the moment you step into bed, um, but it then also is realistic about you probably not closing your eyes and uh, tumbling down the rabbit hole of your dreams right away. And so uh, I've noticed that if I follow those little nudges, um, like the watch goes dark after that little melody. So even if I look at my watch, it won't turn on immediately. I have to press the button on the side and it will sh just show me the, a very boring clock face or watch face. And I really have to force it to wake up from that. Like for instance, um, a couple of days ago, I still needed to close a movement ring, which is the, the system where um, you set yourself some goals like burning a certain amount of calories and walking a, a certain amount of steps and exercising for um, whatever time you choose. Um, and it reminds you because it shows you throughout the day rings that, that uh, show the progress for these three goals. And then they have little incentives if you close your rings. And I know that <laughs> this may sound a little bit childish to people that are not familiar with the, uh, with the Apple ecosystem. You don't have an Apple Watch. But I, I think that most of you that do have an Apple Watch, they, you'll agree with me. This is super effective. And that, that whole thing of like closing the ring before bedtime has sometimes given me um, just the, the little push I needed to go for one last evening walk. So um, I think three days ago I was walking right here where I'm walking now. Like it's still daylight, although the sun is setting and it's, it's gray. So uh, it's going to be dark in about an hour from now. But uh, a couple of days ago I was walking here in the dark and it was, I think, past 10 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> And I knew that I had to walk for about an hour to still close the calorie burn. What is it? Yeah, the calorie ring and then the exercise ring. And so I combined it with uh, listening to a short audio book about the Notre Dame Cathedral. Some history. It was a cool book, by the way, um, written by Ken Follett. I've been reading Pillars of the Earth. And so I came across this, this booklet that he wrote. Uh, when the Notre Dame Cathedral caught fire and, uh, and he dives into the history of the building and uh, highlights some specific moments in the history of, of this cathedral. And so when I walk here, I think of the Notre Dame in Paris. Isn't that cool? <laughs> this is a very humble neighborhood in my, in my small, in small village where I live. What? So my watch tells me something now. Oh, it sees looks like you're working out. Um, I'm not sure I understand. I wasn't talking to you. Okay, so what I can do now is I press record outdoor walk. So now it will go back in time and it will see, well, when did he start walking? Because now the owner of this watch has confirmed that he is actually on a walk. And it's not just counting from this moment that I pressed the button. Yes, yes, I'm walking. It will go back from the moment I got off the couch. And it will count that also as exercise. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, but, but uh, that's usually when I, when I need to force my watch to still close the rings. I know that I'm actually already uh, overstepping my boundaries. <laughs> And, uh, and that's usually not conducive to uh, my overall balance and sleep. So, but last, uh, last night I did all the things prescribed and lo and behold, I did sleep an entire night. I woke up well rested. I looked at the, the graph of my sleep and I saw that I had 
uh, like three periods of deep sleep. Um, so a, a lot of the nights I've seen that I don't have enough deep sleep compared to other uh, other people. And so that's but that's a time that's most regenerative. And I think that uh, this little experiment of just following exactly the nudges of the of the watch um, has resulted in actually me getting more deep sleep. And I did feel really awake this morning and uh, got out of bed. And uh, so this is I'm recording this on Ash Wednesday. You may be listening to this much later. It's not a problem. But I wanted to talk a little bit about about Ash Wednesday, about um, uh, especially how I approach Lent this year. Um, not at all to boast. In fact, if you've listened to my uh, episode of The Break last week, I actually uh, <laughs> had a whole segment about that maybe it's not a good idea to um, announce publicly like that you are fasting and you're doing all these these great important things <laughs> but that um the recommendation of Jesus at least is to keep it a secret um so i'm not uh sharing m- uh, my own lenten journey here to uh to show off <laughs> but to maybe give you some ideas or maybe by listening to what i'm hoping to do um, it, it, it will make you creative to uh, pick some things that may work for you. Because, of course, there's no general um, recipe that works for everyone. Um, Catholic Church is very vague and very general in its recommendations. It's just referring to what Jesus himself taught, and that is fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. Uh, those are the three ingredients. How you want to do that, that's up to you. And there's no one-size-fits-all. And that's a good thing. That's a very uh, wise approach, I think. Because, and this is where I wanted to share with you some of my previous experiences with Lent um, and even Ash Wednesday um, that have taught me over time um, some wisdom when it comes to all my uh, goals that I've previously set for, for Lent. But let's start with this this morning. So Ash Wednesday, it's a day, um, it's one of the few days during the year where the church asks us to, um, if you're young, which means you're not 60 yet, uh, to uh, abstain from meat and um, to eat one normal meal and then maybe two smaller ones that, if you add them up, are not uh, the size of a full meal. That, that's, I think, the official formula. So fasting, and uh, and then the next the next time uh, is on Good Friday. So that's it. And then in in um, in almost all countries, uh, there's also the stipulation that on Fridays. Uh, you don't eat meat. But that's, you know, still all very, very uh, moderate and simple and general compared to, for instance, the prescriptions for Ramadan where you don't eat at all and you don't drink at all for the entire day until the sun sets. Um, I mean, that's a lot tougher. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I assume that there are exemptions there too for people that are sick or old. But uh, let's not complain about what the Catholic Church prescribes here. Um, it's totally feasible. However, the thing is, and then this is maybe how I'm wired, but if you tell me that I cannot think of a yellow elephant, let's do a yellow one instead of a purple or pink one, you know, what do I think about? It's a yellow elephant. If you tell me that I have to fast and I shouldn't eat more than a meal and a half today, the only thing that I can think of the entire day is, what am I going to eat? When can I eat again? <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I think it's, um, it's something I did not acknowledge in the past, where I often force myself into compliance, you know, discipline. And 
And that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes you have to uh, get a grip on yourself. But it, it can very easily get out of hand and, and not accomplish the goal that you, well, that maybe you have set yourself, but that the church wants you to reach. I was listening to a short uh, video of a, um, a Jesuit priest in Amsterdam um, that I have been following for years. Um, he's a very wise man. And, um, and I love how, the way he uses social media to give people short nuggets of inspiration very often. And he does it, in, I think, in a very uh, um, friendly... Um, yeah, this is a busy road. So I'm trying to cross it here. But traffic is coming from two directions, so... Okay. Let me just... Uh, here. Here's a, a bar that I've never visited and it specializes in uh, dart boards like the throwing darts I guess which is a, always a funny combination to me like drinking and throwing darts and then trying to hit something <laughs> like how do you hit the bullseye if you're drunk it's, it's interesting maybe that's part of the challenge anyway so listening to this uh, short a teaching of his about Lent and he's being interviewed by a student and uh, and he actually said you know yes Lent is about discipline but you always have to remind yourself of what discipline means discipline comes to, from the word disciple and a disciple is someone who learns so <clears throat> we associate discipline with you know putting yourself under great pressure to um do stuff that you normally don't like to do. If you translate discipline and it's the art of being a disciple, then Lent is all about learning and about discovery. A good student is not just someone who forces him or herself to, to cram in as much knowledge and then to, to uh, replicate it at the, on the day of the exam. A, a, a good student, and I've never been a good student in that respect. I was very good at, at, at forcing myself to, to uh, gobble up knowledge and to uh, spew it out a couple of days later and then forget all about it. But a real student is someone who, who has mastered the art of curiosity and of discovery and who is able to apply knowledge learned to, to life, even to day-to-day -day life. I mean, that, that's, that's what I always hope happens when people listen to my homilies on Sunday. It's not just, oh, uh, at the end of the church, you can uh, give me a summary of the f five talking points that I had in my homily. But I love reactions where people say, this touched me because this, I don't know, I don't remember the rest of your homily. I was actually, I was super distracted. But this one thing you said just hit me and it was like as if you were speaking to me. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit who does that kind of work. But I like that attitude. That's much more important, that, that something is really recognizable, relatable, um, something you can use for your own life or something you struggle with, even if it's just one thing that I never intended to be the core message of my homily. I don't mind if you forget about the rest. If there's this one nugget of wisdom... Uh, where you've discovered something, then that's okay with me. And this uh, Jesuit priest was also talking in that way about the kind of the risk of putting too much pressure on yourself during Lent. Because Lent is not about um, accomplishments. It's about being a disciple to learn and he, in fact, said, and I know this to be true from my own experience, that um, if you set the bar too high and you begin Lent on Ash Wednesday with this huge grocery list of things that you want to improve in your life, like, I want to lose weight. <laughs> I want to skip a meal. I am not going to drink coffee in the morning. Um, I will uh, read one book per week. 
I will force myself to pray at least three times a day and to be completely silent during that prayer and not be distracted. I'm going to pray five rosaries every single working day of the week and I'll add in some bonus rosaries because you can never pray the rosary too often for the weekend. And then boom, 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 boom. If there was an Apple Watch for this, I would have awards every single day. The fact is, this may work for, you know, closing the rings for fitness. <laughs> because in order for me to close the movement ring, I only have to uh, do a work, a 30-minute workout per day. Even this walk right now is counted as a workout. I only challenge myself to burn 500 calories per day in order to close that ring. So for me as a, an athlete who's currently training for a marathon, that's actually very low key. It's very easy to close those rings and to get these little awards. But it is because I know that forcing myself is, is, is going to cripple me because my energy levels are not where they should be. I very often struggle with fatigue and I've learned in this process of trying to manage fatigue that it's all about not trying to want too much. And so if you set the bar super high um, health-wise or when it comes to exercise, it's the fast way to an injury. It's the road to to frustration because you won't be able to hit the mark every time there will be days where you know you're not going to feel fit here there's something else will come up and if you've challenged yourself to all these impossible goals you're not going to feel like a disciple anymore you're going to feel like a failure if fasting and going overboard with fasting, because again, the church is not asking that you skip all meals during Ash Wednesday or Good Friday. It's, it's very reasonable. Just eat one meal. Don't eat meat. I, we don't tell you what to eat, <laughs> but just skip the meat and then uh, keep it simple. One meal, one full meal, and then two smaller bites, you know, don't, don't go overboard the reason that the church is so low-key is that it wants you to feel good about this and not do what I have been doing all day long. Think about food and being obsessed by that which you cannot have. This is why the church is very educational, I think, very wise by just setting small things for us as goals. And, uh, and even if you are unable to completely do... I mean, don't go measuring your food for days like to know the exact amount, the, the, the right number of cups of food or, or ounces or kilos that you can eat compared to... No, it's not about math. It's the, it's the intention and do little things and that's enough. And I think this, uh, this wisdom um, was summarized by... <clears throat> Uh, Father Nicholas, uh, Father Nicholas Sintabin, that's his name, the Jesuit uh, priest that I spoke of. Um, he said, you know what the biggest enemy of, some, of good is? That intrigued me. I was like, okay, what's the enemy of good? Uh, is it like evil, evil intent? Is it um, uh, giving up? Is it uh, mediocrity? He said, no, the, the true enemy of good is better. <laughs> I thought it was so true. The, the enemy of good, of something good, is better. It's this idea that, oh, but this is not good enough. I have to do more. I can do, I will do more. I'm not sure if I can, but I will do more. I'm just going to, the sky is the limit when it comes to Lent. I'm go and not only I'm going to tell myself, but in order to keep myself accountable, I'm going to tell all my friends, I'm going to post it all over the internet, that I will do this and this and this and this. 
this was me for years. I've been doing that for years. I've always gone to extremes when it comes to to Lent, to set big, impactful, original challenges. A few examples like, I'm going completely vegan for Lent. I did, and I was extremely precise. I like followed all the laws of the only exception for me was that I was able that I allowed myself to to wear normal shoes that is well shoes made with leather because a true vegan would not even tolerate that because that you used a dead animal for your walking pleasure <laughs> but health food wise I I did stick to that for 40 days and of course I only talked about how amazing that was and how it, it challenged me creatively in the kitchen. What I never told on my podcast was how frustrating it was from time to time. How it actually caused um, in the long run, because then after Lent, I was like, okay, so now I've proven that I can do this. I will do this for the rest of my life. I will run a marathon as a vegan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to stop because of not getting enough iron and vitamin B12. And, and I was weakening myself in, in, this, uh, in chasing after this impossible goal. I'm not saying that living a vegan lifestyle is impossible, by the way. But um, it's all about moderation. And I was going overboard. And I did the same thing with no plastics lent. Goodness gracious. I, I mean, very lofty goal. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I will not buy anything wrapped in plastic because uh, I want to find out if it's possible to live plastic-free. Oh, my gosh. That is almost impossible. It taught me how omnipresent plastic was, but in my... <sighs> in my drive to stay plastic-free for an entire uh, 40 days, you won't know how much food I had to throw away because it went bad. Because I didn't wrap it in plastic or I bought it uh, um, in, in the supermarket. Well, not in the supermarkets, almost impossible. Uh, but on the market, uh, you know, the, what is it? Bio market? How do you call that? Uh, anyway, so it, and it was was overripe already when I bought it, and I don't know. Again, it was this obsession with one thing, and it was such a struggle, it was such a fight every day um, that I just the the main goal that I accomplished was to be frustrated every single day. I was constantly like mad that I couldn't find food that I liked that wasn't wrapped in plastic. So the overall idea wasn't bad, but it was this just going so overboard that the only thing I could f- focus on was like, how do I live plastic free? So it's, it's probably wiser to set smaller goals that will prevent you from rage quitting. This is a term from the gamer community. Something that I'm, I'm prone to do from time to time. If I'm challenged to play a difficult game, uh, like my friends online are playing a, a, a game that they love and they're very good at and it's just not my game. I, being a people pleaser, I force myself when I see that people online are playing that game, okay, I'm going to play that game. How hard can it be, you know? If they can play it, I should play it. You know, I'm maybe way too uh, staying in my comfort zone with games. Uh, I need to know how to play this game. And then after a couple of days, I get so frustrated by this game that I cannot force myself to like because it's just not my kind of game. It's so ridiculous. And then I rage quit. I'm like, I'm done with this game. Why am I even playing this? I hate this game. That's not supposed... That's not the goal of, of video games. They are a, a way for me to relax. 
it's something fun that you do. Where am I here? There's this building. The Boss... The Boss Weide. I thought it was a house, but it's lit from the inside. Is it like a medical? It looks... Ah! It's a vet. I think it's a... Like there are four doors and there's bright light shining behind it. And there were some people waiting there. The entire facade is glass. And so it's called the Bosseweide, which means the, 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 the meadow in the woods. Wow. Okay. And so one of the doctors was opening the door to uh, the person waiting there. So this is where I have to bring my cat, if I had one. <laughs> anyway, so it's, uh, it's, this is not just related to Lent, this whole uh, temptation of me to go overboard and to force myself into doing stuff that are only causing me to be frustrated. I still don't know. Oh, wait a minute. No. This is like a meme almost now. Like, tell me something that Father Roderick always says when he's recording a podcast. I have no idea where I am. It's true, but I think I know where I am. This road leads out of the village onto the national road. And I thought it was blocked off this morning. I was running here and I couldn't take this road. Oh, wait, no. Now I know where I am. But like, how can I be so close to home when I've been walking for an hour? I'm not running. I'm not, well, I've been walking for 30 minutes. Sorry to scare you there. You've only listening. You've only been listening for 30 minutes. This entryway into the village is the northern one. And there is another one on the southern end of the village. That one was blocked this morning because they're making a fancy high-speed uh, bike road uh, that will go from uh, the, the town north of, of my village to the city of Wageningen. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about that because it means it's even easier for me to go places by bike and to have a safe, a protected bike road. But the downside is that the, it blocks off half of the village. Um, okay, as an aside, this, so what did I do this morning? Um, this was before I had that advice of take it easy. Um, do small things. It's more, you're going to have more fun. You're going to learn more if you pick something that is for you, bite-sized, rather than setting yourself a couple of impossible goals that you have to give up on halfway through Lent. Um, so this morning... I was awake and I felt rested and I knew that I had something on my schedule that I had been postponing. I wasn't procrastinating, but I postponed doing this and it was a long run um, on my marathon schedule. The long runs are always uh, placed on Sundays because most people have nothing to do on Sunday. I am not a normal person because, of course, as a priest, I have always a lot to do on Sundays. This particular Sunday was even more... Okay, so light is green and I need to step it up because there are four rows of cars waiting here. Engines roaring, waiting for me to cross this road. And then it goes green and I'm wearing... That's it. You know, that, that guy almost killed me. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a black coat. The thing is, I was actually obeying the traffic light. So here the traffic light is wrong because I was, I was walking very fast and I couldn't make it to the end before the light turns, turned red again. So I'm going to file a complaint because uh, as a pedestrian, I'm vulnerable and I want the rules to protect me and they didn't. Or maybe this one guy was just, I don't know, a Catholic-hating individual <laughs> who recognized me from TV 
It's that priest. This is my chance. Yeah, he's wearing the Harry Potter scarf. I won't run him over. That'll, end, that'll put me in jail, but I'm going to honk at him because he has no right to be here. Okay, that was my crazy persecution syndrome talking here. I'd delete this, please. <laughs> so, um, this last Sunday, I did something uh, that surprised me because I, I had been invited by two uh, couples in the parish uh, not knowing uh, from one another that they had invited me that particular Sunday for uh, one for lunch and the other couple invited me for dinner. And, um, well, you know that as a more introverted person, um, I tend to not <laughs> go on, uh, on too many social uh, adventures in a short time span. But I felt good. I, I, like, I like these people. I know them very well. Um, I think it's extremely kind that they invited me for, uh, for this Sunday. So I'm going to honor both proposals. And I am uh, just after, after Mass in the morning, I'm going to have lunch with this first couple. And then <laughs> that's probably going to take a couple of hours because, of course, it's not about the food. It's about, about talking. And then um, when I'm home, I have about 30 minutes to go to the, the house of the other uh, couple. And I'll have dinner there. And that, too, took a couple of hours. It was Both encounters were lovely, um, wonderful people. And uh, actually... I felt super great, <laughs> not at all, like, sometimes, I'm, especially when I'm with people that I don't know, I, uh, I tend to spend a lot of energy. Um, like, the reason that I'm, I'm uh, a bit hesitating here and distracted is, um, if I continue this road, there are no street lanterns, because I'm on the countryside, on this side of the national road which means it's pitch dark. And since I'm wearing this dark coat, dark overcoat, they won't be able to, to see me in the dark. Uh, there's no reflective material and it's now dark. What I could do is see where this road takes me. This one goes alongside the, the national road. So I do have the light from the street lanterns there. But I don't know if this is an official road or if it's just an entry to the farm or whatever is here on my right. Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> so I was a bit adventurous that Sunday, and I'm glad that I did. And, and also, in a way, oh, lovely. This road is completely empty. And uh, I think it will lead me to the other entry into my village. We'll see. So, um, it was wonder a wonderful Sunday. Um, I'm getting good at this social thing. <laughs> I, was, I was patting myself on the back. Uh, but, of course, I paid a price the next day, or actually the next two days. I was very, very tired. Um, so, I'm, not, I'm still not getting energy from those social moments uh, but I did get a good feeling about it but on Monday I was super tired on Tuesday also very 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 exhausted um, so it is a lesson there to, for me to learn that maybe having two appointments on the same Sunday is not wise but of course it, it completely filled the Sunday so I couldn't do that long run and I told myself I'm going to do it on Monday often skipped it a day uh, the schedule is more or less flexible in that respect and for a number of times I've, I've done this long Monday run and unfortunately because I was so tired on, on Monday I couldn't do it and on Tuesday same thing with the added bonus difficulty that it was a very cold misty day um, there was a constant drizzle throughout the day. 
And this was a 30.5 kilometer run. I don't know how much that is in miles, but it'll probably be around 25 miles. Um, at a decent speed as well. I just couldn't muster up the courage to go for that, you know, big run yesterday. Sometimes I'm looking over my shoulder to see if a car is coming, but nothing. Um, however, yesterday I still forced myself. This was one of those things like for, for a couple of hours I told myself, no, I'm not going to do it. But I got anxious. I was like, I need to have that mileage. Uh, otherwise, I won't be ready for the marathon. And again, I tried to lure myself into making it small. I cannot do those 30 kilometers on this Tuesday, but I can do five. So I'll, I did five, and then I felt okay, and I did another five, and then it got too dark, and I went back home. So I actually ran 10 kilometers yesterday. This morning I woke up. Phew, felt great had a good night's sleep i'm going to run those 30 kilometers and in fact because i'm up early i'm going to run them at nine o'clock in the morning so i'll be back before lunch that sounded like a perfect solution so i'm not just throwing away an entire day just working out although again that's that's that little voice in my head that says a day where you ju you just run and you work on your health and fitness is not worthy. <laughs> but anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a common a common thing, trick that my mind plays. But I I realized it's it's Ash Wednesday, so <sighs> fasting. All right, I'm gonna skip breakfast. I'm just and I'm also I was piling it up. I'm going to skip coffee this morning. Extra, extra rigorous, because uh, I like my cup of coffee in the morning. I don't drink coffee all day long. Just one cup in the morning, maybe two cups if I'm super drowsy. But since I was awake and I had a good night's sleep, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give, maybe I'll give up coffee for the rest of Lent. Maybe I should become a tea drinker, which I've never been. I drink tea very occasionally but it, there's never a moment in my life where so I'm, I'm certainly not I don't I don't think I have British genes ah this is what I was afraid of is that a gate I think I think this is a dead end and now I think I have to walk all the way back yeah that looks like a big gate to oh this is probably university um, terrain here because in Wageningen on my left are research centre. It's a big university, agricultural university. And they have set up these testing stations where they will grow plants and they do measurements and whatnot. And apparently that's what they do here. So, and this was the entryway to it. Now, is there a safe way to get to the other side of this road? There is a fence here, but I may be able... Ooh, although that looks like very slippery and it's super dark here. So I don't want to end up in the... in the... in the water. There is another fence here that prevents me from crossing over it. And then not only would I cross the fence, but I would have to run across the road without traffic lights. Is that safe? There's only one way to find out. I'm going to try to climb alongside this water. Ew, oh man. Not only is it, is it muddy here and slippery, it's also very smelly. I don't want to know what they've been dumping in this water here. All right, let me... Oh my gosh, it smells so bad here. Ew. All right, so there is no traffic coming. So I am going to run across road number one. And there is no traffic from the right. I'm going to cross the road here. This is so illegal. 
but I'm back on the biking track. And nobody honked, you see? <laughs> this is how I know I'm getting close to home. People like me there. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. Um, now, let's see. So the entry road is going to be closed. There is a road here through the forest, but again, no, no street lights. I'll just break the law another time and climb over some fences in order to get home. All right. And now the traffic is going past me full speed, so I must have hit this lucky moment where everybody was waiting further down the road for traffic lights on both sides. Good. Where was I? Okay, so yeah, skipping coffee. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to give up coffee for, for Lent. That is a big sacrifice. I will, you, that will save me at least five years of purgatory, especially if there are like Italian uh, people working at, in, in administration at the pearly gates. <sighs> I will get so much, so many bonus points. And so I had my cup of tea this morning. Which, you know, kind of didn't really wake me up. But it, I was feeling fine. And I was also... It's, it's funny. So sometimes when I wake up, I, I want to have breakfast. But uh, it's mostly that I want to drink something. So I had the cup of tea. And I wasn't hungry. So I, I decided to skip the breakfast. I'll just do a prolonged fast. And I will... Uh, I'll first run those 30 kilometers and then I will, I'll be ready for lunch. So that's what I did. I went out for that 30 kilometer run and it was a gorgeous morning. I have to say it started off very uh, um, misty and cold. Um, but around the halfway point after 15 kilometers, so I went, I ran to, um, to um, Wageningen just like last year. I've got fond memories of my training sessions when I was still staying at the rectory with Father Henry and with my Italian friends. Um, and I, I hardly ever go back to, to those um, areas for, for running because I've, I now live a lot farther away from, from that. But since it was 30 kilometers, I felt, you know what, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to go run on those same roads that I love to run on. And it, it's partially on one of the dikes next to the old Rhine River. So you've got beautiful river landscape there. And not very busy, no, almost no cars. And then um, you can actually, there's a big mountain. Because I'm walking here in a valley. Uh, there are mount, What we call mountains is probably a speed bump for other countries. But we call it mountains. <laughs> Um, but there is a road close to the much closer to the river area that goes around it. That's what I did. It's a part of a nature reserve. Um, so there may be um, uh, big, you know, hairy cows on the, on the road sometimes. <laughs> That's that can be an issue, especially in the morning. Uh, when they're just relaxing there, and they won't budge, but they are dangerous. You you don't want to get into a fight with uh, a big uh, I don't know the brand of these cows. They're wild cows. So I was running there, and while I was, and then and then the sun started to shine, and you see this this the sky, the blue gets stronger and stronger, and then I at one point I was uh, walk uh, running in the. By the way, here on my left are. Um, soccer fields lots and lots of kids getting their soccer training by the way I, I sometimes it sounds like I'm ta I'm saying it's on my left but then you hear it in your right ear it's because uh, I'm wearing the <laughs> the what is it the recorder um, facing me which then creates like this mirror sound image it's very confusing sometimes anyway so uh, I, was, I was walking in the meadows of the valley and uh, it was a, another, like a bird sanctuary. So you hear these bird sounds and it's wonderful. And then my creative mind was starting to take over. 
And I began to come up with other things that I could do during Lent. And it's when I'm in a zone and I'm running like that, it's almost like dreaming. You know, when, when you have a dream, the sky's the limit. You, you can think the impossible in your dreams. And uh, <laughs> sometimes the events in your dream follow and you think you f- it feels logical. Yeah, it's very, you know, very smooth. Very, this, is, this is normal. But then later on, when you remember the dreams, like, wait a minute, like this one minute I'm in an airport and, the, and then I'm in Switzerland on a mountain skiing. What? <laughs> Some of these dreams may actually be a bit like as improbable as a, an old fashioned 70s James Bond movie starring Roger Moore. Okay, so now it gets exciting uh, because here is the road that is completely fenced off. But it is the main traffic artery to get into the village. And there is the, the, the biking, the new super-duper biking lane. I, I think they call called it like the Pico Bello path. is already in place. But uh, no lanterns. There's no, no light there. So instead, I'll just walk. So I'm now... Uh, this used to be all concrete. They scraped it off, and uh, I think they're going to completely redo this road. It was about time. Uh, it's a very curvy, uh, old, old road. Uh, but there's a lot of traffic nowadays that goes through the village. So, um, one of the ideas that, that sprung up in my mind is, you know what? I have this latent guilt in my head about not making TikTok videos. This Lent, coming to TikTok every day, I'm going to produce one video. And I'm going to cross-post it on YouTube, and I'm going to be famous. I didn't think of that last thing, but... So I, I I was literally thinking about, oh, maybe I can do a video. That would be a penance, because it's a lot of work. But one short video per day, of course, I should do that. I can do that. I'm going to force myself to do it. That was idea number one. There was no criticism in my mind. So I was like, (laughs) everything in me was, while I was running, was agreeing to this. This is a fantastic idea. I feel great. The sun is shining. Yes, every day, a video on TikTok. And then that wasn't enough. I came up with this other idea and I, I must have been thinking about that for about two hours because I totally, like when I'm like in my mind, in my head, creatively, I don't really feel the pain of running. I don't notice where I am. But I do remember that one point I, I had this entire plan worked out where um, I would start uh, this particular Ash Wednesday a new podcast in Dutch for all my uh, followers in uh, in the Netherlands that uh, miss me on TV, and uh, uh, I, I'd record it as a podcast, but I would film it with two cameras using uh, eCam, and then um, I, I could even pre-record some interviews. So maybe once a month, I would go and. Uh, on a train ride and uh, film like four interviews. That should be fun. That's easy. Four interviews uh, using two cameras and a laptop. And then uh, um, I only have to splice that in and it will be like a really nice segment. It's almost like a TV show, but it's also a podcast. And uh, that way, if ever anyone in the Netherlands asks me, so what are you up to now that you're no longer on TV? Isn't it time for you to run a couple of parishes? I have this thing, this proof of my, the validity of my existence and my work speaks for itself. This is why I am Father Roderick. This is what I do. And here is proof. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that was two and a half hours later. I had it all planned out. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know what, I can just... uh, there was this old idea that I had. Wow, they're going to do a, 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 how do you call that? A roundabout. That's new. So they have actually already uh, 
scraped off everything in the form, in the shape of a roundabout, but it's all still, I'm walking on, on, on brown earth here. But that's a great idea. Roundabouts are so much more efficient for uh, taking care of, of large quantities of traffic. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot safer for bikes as well. Oh, it's nice to get a preview. Okay, here's a huge pile of earth in the middle of the road. So I'm just going to walk around it. Here they stuck some wooden poles in the ground. One red, one blue. That's probably for measurements. Uh-oh. And here's a huge fence. And it blocks off the rest. Uh, can I climb over this thing? There's a small opening here, but it's super tiny. Or am I going... You know, let's first explore the left side. Maybe there's a wider opening there. I can always come back here. So, uh, this old idea that I developed... Uh, in uh, in April last year, I was so excited that I was going to... Oh, yeah, this is going to be a lot easier because they haven't... Uh, they were unable to continue this fence all the way to the lake here on my left. So, or lake. It's a pond. It's a big pond. So, that was a lot easier than climbing over that thing over there. All right. I know... I now know that there is a way. It's just that during the day there are lots of people working here and they're probably not going to like it when pedestrians are walking across their uh, <laughs> their open roads here. Um, so uh, I, we heard at the Star Wars convention in Anaheim that the next one would be within one year from that moment uh, in London. And of course I immediately signed up for that and only later realized, oh, wait a minute, that is the week before Easter. That's kind of a big deal. How am I going to uh, to work? How how can I both be at the Star Wars celebration? Because this is this is not coming to Europe very often, um, and at the same time, it's also Holy Week. <laughs> and then I had this amazing idea: Why don't I write a book? And it's going to be this Star Wars guide to Lent. And uh, that should be easy to write. A book? A book is easy to write. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to think about how much time it took me to write my, uh, my last book. <laughs> but I'm going to write this book. I've got stories to tell. Oh, and then we're going to promote it to all the Star Wars fans. And then, um, you know, I'm going to contact some uh, priests in London and see if we can organize... Uh, uh, Holy Week celebrations for Star Wars fans, because of course, among the tens of millions, tens of well, tens of millions, <laughs> Disney would like that. Tens of thousands of Star Wars fans there. Um, a lot of them will be Christian and will be Catholic, and so uh, maybe uh, this would be a perfect occasion for evangelization. Um, the thing is, writing a book is uh, the last. <laughs> My in my experience, writing a book takes uh, about a year. <laughs> so if this was a plan... Plus, um, you need to have a good idea before you start writing. And the only very vague idea was like, yeah, I, I think I can write like a Catholic guide, like everything... I always wanted to know about Catholics. I learned it from Star Wars or something like that, you know. Uh, easy peasy. The thing is, it wasn't. I've thought about it very often, and I never had that, like, oh, that click where I know what I want to do. And in fact, the, the other thing, the other... Um, okay, I'm finally back on regular pavement here. Now my shoes are all muddy. Oh, well. Uh, the, what was I saying? Um, there's another problem with writing a book. It's not just that it takes a lot of time, but that time can only be spent once. So it would mean that I couldn't spend that time on podcasting, videos, 
you know, getting started with the documentaries and that sort of stuff. Community time. And so that was a, a lovely plan, but it just didn't materialize over the past couple of months. Plus, in addition to that, of course, um, lately I've had these fatigue uh, hurdles to overcome, which, of course, leave me with very, very little available energy. And the board of Tridio has has told me to not spend time on irrelevant things and to to balance it out and to uh, stick with the program, stick with the plan, stick with the mission. Um, so uh, at the end of the run, I was getting very tired. I was uh, actually I was where where we were before I jumped over the uh, over the fence there. I saw on the other side of the road in the countryside, and uh, I was I was making good uh, speed or my like a very nice pace for the first two thirds, and then the last ten kilometers I collapsed and <laughs> I was getting so slow, but I couldn't find energy anymore, and I realized, wait a minute, this is important. I know why I, I'm slowing down so quickly. It's because I haven't had breakfast. And so I'm literally out of steam. I'm out of energy. There's no more fuel to burn. I'm not in ketosis like I used to be that year that I went vegan. So my body needs carbohydrates and sugars in order to deliver the energy for this these extra 10 kilometers, which is about 10 kilometers more than I ran just a week ago. So no wonder that I'm slowing down. Um, if I had eaten breakfast or I had taken some food with me, um, I would have probably been able to sustain that pace. But alas, it's not the case. That was kind of the light bulb moment that made me realize that all these plans that I developed during this run you know there's this big Lenten challenge of making videos writing a book and uh, what was that other thing skipping coffee and not eating breakfast and oh yeah yeah you cannot do all these big things if you don't have the energy and even the spiritual energy or the motivation to sustain that effort and this is why I'm so grateful that at the end of the day, I heard that talk uh, where Father Nicholas reminded me that this is a time of discovery. And maybe my discovery on the first day of Lent had to be that my mind can make these all these plans. And uh, the one is more ambitious, even more ambitious as the other. But if you don't have the energy, you're, it's only going to lead to frustration and failure. So I, I'm scrapping all those ideas, even though I know they're good ideas. And in an ideal world, I would do them all. But let this Lent for me be a time to fast on my ambitions. To offer it up when I have a great idea that I know would help a lot of people and would make me feel amazing. But to offer it up because I know that I have to focus. Goedenavond. Ik ben pas om half acht. Om half acht? Nee, ik dacht dat zeven uur de dienst begon. Oh! Nou ja, beter te vroeg dan te laat. Nou, het is ook even over tijd. Ja, toch. Lekker rustig begin. Fijne avond. Het was... Uh, a retired pastoral worker who is uh, um, he, who arrived too early here at church. He's doing the uh, Ash Wednesday um, celebration here. Uh, not a mass, of course. And so he's like, oh, I'm too early. This never happens. So uh, to wrap things up, it is, uh, it's all about Acknowledging that my ambitions have always been my, uh, my biggest temptation. 
And Lent has often only made it worse. Hey, I'm back in my kitchen. I need to go and uh, cook dinner here. But uh, it's... It, it's I'm I'm like overdoing it, and I've been doing that year after year after year. This year during Lent, the most important thing for me to give up is this crazy ambition and to take it slow, to fast on all these ideas, and to do the little things with care and love, like recording this podcast. Uh, don't try to write a book. Don't record a video every single day when I have not even been able to do a short video in the last three months, two months to be precise. But, but it's not a problem. As long as you build it up slowly, the most important thing for me is to um, balance my energy, to take it easy, to take good care of my health. And if I get stronger, if I have more energy, then I can apply that energy to new things. But it's not the other way around. It's not by setting yourself impossible goals that the energy will automatically follow. It's just not how the force works. (laughs) It's not how God works. That's another meme. (laughs) All right, I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, I know, I I assume you get the gist of what I wanted to share with you. Um, Let me know. Um, how things are going, if there's anything I can help you with, if you have questions about life or faith or your own walk in life or things that you struggle with um, and you could use a bit of humble advice, uh, you know where to find me. Let me know. Um, Have a wonderful start of Lent. I hope you're going to discover wonderful things about yourself, about God, but take it slow, small steps. God bless.